feels like I just talked to this guy because I did on Friday when I was in for Bill, and he's kind enough to join us again right now covering the Bucks for The Athletic is my buddy, Eric Name. Eric, how are you this afternoon, my friend? I am well. And yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm working today, so that's that's always good, Eric. When you're in yes, the position, <laughs> when you're in the position that I position that I'm in, every day you get to work is a uh, is a really good day. Hey, was this series harder than it had to be, Eric, with the Orlando Magic? I know the Bucks are going to finish them off in five today, but that Orlando Magic team—they've been feisty, man. They've put up a fight in just about every game of this series. Was did, did the Bucks make this harder on themselves than they needed to? I think they did by not playing hard in game one. Um, I just thought that, you know, going into this series, it was going to be really interesting to see how they tried to defend the Magic. And, you know, they came out in game one and laid off guys. And I just think overall the Magic were really comfortable. And in game two, they decided, all right, we're going to switch up our coverages. Eric Bledsoe is going to go back to being a menace on the ball instead of laying back and trying to be a help defender. And they just, you know, really kind of put it on the magic. And, you know, I think it's it's really interesting to kind of watch the narrative from afar because, you know, you see some of the other top – or really you just see some of the other teams around the league and some of the other games around the league. And, you know, you see these huge point totals and you see, you know, some real whoopings just laid on people. Uh, and, you know, I, I think everyone then goes to think, oh, you know, why aren't the – Aren't the Bucks doing the same thing? Like they're supposed to be the best team in the league. Why, why aren't they blowing this team out? And you know, I I think uh, something that's gone a little bit, you know, under the radar is to me just kind of the fact that this Magic team is like I don't even know how to totally explain. It. I guess it's like a football team that is trying to win with defense and running the basketball or running the football. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, but essentially what they're trying to do is they're going to try to slow it down, they're going to try to muck up the game, and they're going to try to keep it low scoring. So, you know, the Bucks have won by 15, 14, and 15 in their three victories. And, you know, while that isn't a 30-point blowout or anything like that, against this Magic team, that's a pretty big win because <laughs> they do like to slow it down so much. They do make you work so hard. And if there's one thing that they can do, it's defend, and offensively they just – you know, can't really do it, but they've shot well offensively and made these, uh, you know, some games. So that's, uh, to me, it's something I've been exploring the last couple days is just kind of the idea of do you feel a little bit, do you feel good about the idea that you've gotten tested in the first round? Because I think when you look at that first round matchup they had last year, the Pistons couldn't defend anybody. The Pistons couldn't score. They were just bad. Like, they they were absolutely just bad, and they were reeling because, like, Griffin was hurt. This year, the Magic have had some people hurt, but that doesn't stop them from playing defense and playing tough. And, you know, I think they, the Bucks have gone up against a good wall. I think Giannis has gotten to see a good wall put up by that Magic defense. I think Chris Middleton has seen uh, a number of defensive coverages that he's going to continue to see going forward. So I think ultimately this ends up being, you know, a good thing for this Bucks team that they played someone that was so good defensively and wasn't just going to roll over. I don't think we, we've seen the best of this Bucks team in this series, have we, Eric? And I'm not even just talking about Chris Middleton struggling to shoot the ball. I haven't seen the energy level from this Bucks team that I had gotten used to seeing in the regular season where they, they were one of those teams that kind of brought it every night. You know, you have teams taking a night off in the regular season in the modern-day NBA. It seemed like Giannis and the Bucks during the regular season before the stoppage due to COVID 
were one of those teams that came and played hard pretty much night in and night out. I haven't necessarily seen that basketball team in this Magic series. Am I missing something? I think the big thing is that, you know, this Bucks team can really feed off of some huge runs. Like, it wasn't strange to see them to, you know, rattle off a 25-2 to run or, you know, a 21-6 to run or whatever it may be. Like, you're looking at into the 20s offensively and still in the single digits offensively. Like, that's kind of been how they they deal with things. And I think that is the thing we haven't seen yet. And obviously, you have to give some credit to the Magic defense. You have to give some credit to Steve Clifford for calling timeouts really quickly to try to terminate those runs before they even get started. But I do think, you know, there is still another level, which is a little bit concerning, obviously, going into a second-round series against the Miami Heat that have played the Bucks tough all year and has played Giannis better than just about anyone in the last five years. Uh, so that is a little bit of a concern. But I do think, ultimately, if if you are trying to look for, you know, a real positive outlook on this, the Bucks have won by an average of 14.6 points in the last three games. And they haven't totally found themselves yet. Like, that should be – I mean, it's not perfect, but that is somewhat of a good sign that even when you aren't playing that well – and there was a while during game four where the Magic were shooting 50% from the three-point line. Uh, you know, that's, they still won. They still won handily. So I think that says something about just how good this team can be. Talking with Eric Name of The Athletic on the Bucks beat for them and a guest every week right here on the Bill Michaels Show. Rami Makhlouf in for Bill this afternoon. Is, is that Magic team going to be a problem for teams in the East in, in years to come, Eric? Because they're shorthanded and still a pretty talented and, and scrappy team that, that like, I, like I've been saying, has been giving the Bucks all the fight that they want so far in this series. I think the tough part is always going to be offense for them. They, they're going to have to figure out how to do that. But, I mean, this defense can only get better. Steve Clifford, the really good coach, I think all of his strengths really come out in a playoff series as well. Uh, but in the, in the regular season, they were top 10 defense, and you know they had pretty big injuries to Jonathan Isaac, who at the start of the year was flirting with Defensive Player of the Year consideration. Uh, they lost both Aaron Gordon for a lot of time, and may not have him for a bunch of next year as well, unfortunately. But you know, I, I'm really, you know, it's tough to predict the future. I think they're going to continue to be a really good defensive team and be a pain in the butt for anyone that's playing them. I mean, give it night, but offensively, the Tide don't have quite enough firepower to be to be great going forward. What should Bucks fans be worried about when it comes to the Miami Heat, Eric? When we talked on Friday, I told you no team really scares me in the East. I'm I'm penciling the Bucks into the NBA Finals. I don't know who's going to come out of the West to face them, but I'm penciling the Bucks as the Eastern representative in the NBA Finals this year. The Miami Heat are are the team that if I was gonna if I was gonna pinpoint the one that worries me the most. It would, it would be this, this Miami Heat team. What sort of problems do they present for the Bucks in this series coming up? Well, they just have shooters all over the floor. That's, that's the big thing. And the Bucks' defense is focused on keeping teams from scoring at the rim. So if you look at the Miami Heat offense this year, they, shot, they took shots at the rim at the 23rd highest rate in the league. So they managed to have a top seven offensive efficiency without really doing a ton at the rim. And this Bucks defense is predicated on 
taking shots away at the rim and not letting you get those easy points every single game at the rim of the free throw line. So this Miami team has largely found a way to, to be successful without that. They've been one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. They're especially good at threes outside of the corners, which are the threes that the Bucks tend to give up. So I think the biggest concern is just the fact that this Heat team bombs away. It's hard to ignore many players on that roster. The Bam Adebayo is one of the guys that you don't have to cover at the three-point line. Jimmy Butler, you don't have to be hugely concerned about him at the three-point line. But those are their two best players. All of their supporting guys are guys that you have to close out, are, are guys that you have to go out of your way to make sure that you are trying to shut down from the three-point line. And I just think that makes them a really dangerous team to try to cover because we know that in the playoffs, if you get hot for one game in an 82-game schedule, not a huge deal. That's that's totally fine. You can drop one or two in an 82-game. But in the seven-game series, if, say, Kelly Olenek hits six of nine threes in a game, if Jay Crowder hits six of nine threes in a game, if any of those guys, any of those role players have a big shooting night, that can totally change the balance of the series just because you grab one game that you weren't supposed to and then all of a sudden you can win. So I think that has got to be the thing that the Bucks are going to be most concerned about is how do you kind of try to stop the egalitarian approach of the Heat's three-point offense? Going back to what we talked about earlier, and then and we're going to let you run, Eric, um, with the Bucks, as we said, not putting their best effort out there so far in this Orlando series. Do you think a, a higher level of competition brings out the best in the Bucks, and, and we see that intensity that we got used to seeing in round two of the playoffs? Man, that's a great question. I, it feels really tough to to know that definitively in kind of what has happened in the last couple of days. Um, you know, we do these Zoom calls with players and coaches every day, and just the spirits of players and coaches, not just in Milwaukee but around the league, has been, you know, really down because of the shooting of Jacob Blake. And I understand that people don't want politics in their sports or whatever it may be, but that's that's not what this is. You know, I, the players were excited to get down into the bubble to play and to also remind people that Black Lives Matter, and now you're seeing another black man shot. And it it really has just dispirited a number of players. Uh, you know, we talked to Brooke Lopez yesterday, and, you know, he's talking about how you're grappling with these feelings at all times. And, you know, it. I they understand that these playoff games are important, but as Brooke Lopez said, none of what they're doing in Orlando matters on the floor. Like, in the grand scheme of things, those things aren't important. And this is, you know, tearing at the facade of sports, right? Like, we've always talked about how important these games are. Is this must win? You know, what can they do? We talk about the importance of that, but time and time again you're hearing from these players that, yeah, we want to win, we're going to play, but this isn't what's important in the world. And I just think it's it's always going to be tough for me to say, yep, they're just going to turn it on because with that in their brains, um, you know, with that as part of kind of what they're trying to figure out, I don't know. I, there still may be some of these guys that are, are distracted. So uh, we'll see. And, I mean, I think it's very important that they are speaking out the way that they are and, you know, trying to find their voice and use their voice. Um, but that that to me is part of the reason why, if you haven't seen the Bucks kind of 
get it together yet. As George Hill said, you know, once the world gets its blank together, maybe we will too. Yeah, I saw George Hill say we, we should have never come to this bleeping place talking about the bubble with everything that's going on in, in the world right now and obviously the latest event in Kenosha, Eric. I know that the Raptors have, have said they, they haven't ruled anything out, including boycotting their game one of their playoff series with the Celtics. Do you know what sort of actions the Bucks have, have talked about taking in terms of making a statement about these recent events? Yeah, I mean, obviously the team came out and made a statement uh, the day after. The Many of the Bucks players talked after the last game. Rick Lopez talked again yesterday. The team kind of talked about everything going on and, you know, the idea that it happened 40 miles away from where they play, uh, I think really hit home with them. I don't foresee, you know, a boycott actually happening uh, from whether that's the Raptors and Celtics or, or really anyone else. But uh, this is something that's going to continue to be a conversation and something that, you know, the Bucks are going to try to navigate their way through because this has been one of their priorities this year is they have guys up in other roster that are, you know, focused on the community and focused on, on helping the, the city of Milwaukee, the state of Wisconsin, get better. And that's just going to keep coming up. So I, I don't necessarily think we're in danger of seeing games not being played, um, but it, it is going to continue to be on the minds and hearts of all these players. That's Eric Name. You can find his work at The Athletic and follow him on Twitter for all the latest on the Bucks. And he, he talks about food a lot, which is one of the great reasons I follow him. <laughs> he knows his food. It's Eric underscore Name and the best in the business covering the Bucks. Always a pleasure, Eric. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Good talking to you.